a Podcast One production. Hi, I'm Nat Kringudis. And I'm Cecilia Ramsdale. Welcome to The Wellness Collective, a podcast where we invite you to be part of our wellness community to share, learn and live better. The universe just does things, you know? It just that you'll meet a person in a random situation and they'll tell you about something that you never knew about before and it will change the way you see life. There's a lot of pressure you're putting on this podcast today. Do you know what? That's what happened to me and that's why we're here today. It's just like, let's just put the expectation really high. No, no, I'm serious. You know when you have that penny drop moment where you're like, oh. Mm-hmm. So what I'm talking about is a few weeks ago I had was at Sport With The Kids and I met this random mum and her kids were doing the same thing and they were doing a trial, my kids were doing a trial, so I've never seen this woman again because they didn't oh, come back. right, Okay. But she, we got chatting about random mum things and she said, oh, I've been studying about matrescence. And I said, what? <laughs> what do you mean? And she is said, like a mattress? Uh, well, this is what I thought. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? And she said, this woman, Amy Taylor Cabaz, has changed my life. She's taught me about this idea of matrescence and what it means. And really, I just look at things in a different way. And I was like, oh, okay, right, write that down. That's actually true. I remember you saying this to me. I did. Because then you came to me and you said, do you know Mm. Amy Taylor Cabaz? And I'm like, well, actually, I do. How about that? (laughs) And so I did a bit of research. And amazingly, our guest today (laughs) on the Wellness Collective (laughs) happens to be... Amy Taylor-Cabaz. Welcome to the Wellness Collective. Thank you. I love that intro. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you know what's really funny is that um, it wasn't just that one event. And I think I said to you when I asked you to come onto the podcast, probably three times within three days, mm. people had, for whatever reason, said, have you spoken to Amy? And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's going um, on okay, fine. I will speak to Amy. And so we got on a call. But I only know a little bit about this topic because Cecilia had me write the questions for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, come on. Um, but it's a very new concept, so I'm going to learn as we go. But maybe before we throw ourselves into that, do you want to just tell us, Amy, what you do, who you are and what you do? Yes, and I love that the, the word is spreading because my greatest passion now is to make sure that everybody knows what matrescence is. So I love that it's been spoken about on the sidelines between mums. Uh, I am a former journalist. I worked at the ABC for 15 years, a senior producer, worked around the country, always, always wanted to be a journalist and a foreign correspondent, grew up with that very clear ambition in my mind and did all the right things, climbed the ladder, did exactly what I was told to do, and then had this uh, biological clock ticking (laughs) (laughs) inside me and thought, oh, yeah, I'll do that. I'll just have the babies and then go back to that dream that I had. I'll go back to being that foreign correspondent. I'm going to be one of those journos with the baby strapped to their back. be really easy when you're in Beirut, I'm sure. Yep. Totally. Well, that's what I believed. And so I had my first baby and my world turned upside down and I was totally unprepared for what it would mean for me with what I felt about myself and my identity. This was 11 years ago, but 11 years ago nobody was talking about what happens to a woman when she becomes a mama. So for 11 years I have been asking this question. For many, many years it was... Uh, a question around self-care. I went down the yoga path. I went down the journalism path and just interviewed everyone I could find and have just been on this search to understand 
not the act of mothering, but what happens to us as women when we become mothers. And as you've alluded to, about 12 months ago only, I found the answer, the word that I had been searching for for a decade. And like you said, Cecilia, it was one of those moments where everything changed. Yes. I, I finally thought, oh, my gosh, it is a thing. I have been talking about this for a decade, trying to explain to people what it is I want to understand. And finally, finally, we have a word. So That word is matrescence. And I think... Um There is a great TEDx video out there by Alexandra Sachs. It's six minutes long. And if you've got six minutes in your life, go and look at it because it really just sums it all up. Well, no, you can listen to this first. (laughs) After this, obviously. But the thing that I loved in her little six-minute summary was that she, she likened it to adolescence. So if you think about what you go through when you're a teenager, all the changes in your body, your life... Um, emotionally, physically, mentally, the way you view the world, the way the world views you, like everything changes. And that happens, that's what matrescence is too. So everything changes when you become a mum. But we haven't acknowledged that until now with this word. That's right. So to give you a bit of a background and understanding, matrescence was a term coined by a phenomenal anthropologist, by by the name Dana Raphael in the 1970s. She was as dedicated, more so, but she was dedicated like I was to understand what it was that was happening to the woman. And when she looked at it in the 1970s, she realised that we needed two new understandings and terms in our vocabulary. One was doula. She was the one that came up with that word and that role. She wanted to put someone in the birth room that was there as an advocate for the woman who was going to be there, not about the child's safety, not about the medical side of things, but who is she and what does she need? How is her voice going to be heard? And obviously that took off. It was a really amazing addition to supporting women as they became mums and many of us have now had that experience of working with the doula. At the same time, she then said, okay, so after the birth, what then happens to her? What about her identity? How do we, how does she change? Uh, in fact, she changes in a complete way and termed this word uh, matrescence, came up with this idea that this is a transformation that all women will go through. No matter who you are and what your experience is, you will go through matrescence just like every adult went through adolescence. But adolescence, as we all know, can be always uh always a complete transformation, but it can be less bumpy, less overwhelming, the more we support our tween. I have a tween at the moment, so I know exactly what this is like. If we tell her what's about to happen, if we demystify it, if we let her feel all the feels and we let her grieve that she's not going to be a little child anymore, but also celebrate who she's becoming, if we put all of that around her, she'll move through this time better. She'll have a better outcome. She won't uh, go into the depths of the darkness of that transformation. A lot of the work that you do, Nat, with that celebration of uh, puberty and your first period and all of that, this is the beautiful thing we do for teenage girls. We should be doing exactly the same thing for women as they become mums. We should be acknowledging them, that they will grieve their own life, that they will question everything, everything, who they are, what they like, who they don't like, every part of them, their whole identity will change and they will become someone new. 
But this term in the 1970s was completely dismissed. It was totally woo-woo, yeah, whatever, <laughs> and they just focused on the doula side of things until a phenomenal teacher who is now, sorry, a phenomenal academic who is now my teacher and mentor by the name of Dr. Oralee Athen. She is at Columbia University and is also an anthropologist and a psychologist. She discovered this term, matrescence. She was digging back through the notes of Dana Raphael and thought, oh, why aren't we talking about this? And this was a few years ago. And then since then, amazing people like Alexandra that you referred to in the TED Talk are now talking about it. So my goal, as I said at the beginning, is to, as well as Dr. Athens' goal, is to make matrescence as common an understanding and word as adolescence, that we just totally understand that no matter who you are, you will go through this huge identity change and transformation and we need to change how we talk about this. I think the most important thing about having an understanding of this concept too is that a lot of women do struggle with the new identity that they have as a mother. And then that can obviously manifest in feeling overwhelmed and all of the things, which generally gets piled into postnatal depression. But this isn't postnatal depression. It's different. And so it's like about acknowledging that, yes, my life is different and I, I can't just go to the toilet when I want to and I can't just go out during the week without making sure there's someone to look after my child or any of the things. Your life is completely different. And, yes, that can make you anxious, sad, depressed, whatever, but it doesn't necessarily mean you've got postnatal depression. I, I think of how many women that would have affected over the years and, Oh, it's terrible. I know. I think also, um, I don't know, for me, I remember clearly thinking, holy crap, this is now my life. Mm. Like exactly. that was exactly the thought that I was like, it was almost like a, what have I gone and done? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, and you know, when you're in it, it's really hard to see past it. Like it's, mm. you don't have, your second child especially is very different from your first purely because you know what you have to do and you know that, in the thick of it, it's the, the next day is going to potentially be easier or at some point it's going to get easier. But with the first child especially, I think you've got no no perspective of that. You've got no way of knowing. I remember just thinking, my goodness, my child feeds for an hour and a half every three hours. Like mm. this is my life now. I'm never going to leave the couch. Right, I'm never going to leave the couch, you know. Um, and and that was that was probably and being yeah housebound for what felt like I remember when that fog lifts you know when the fog lifts and you're like oh oh hello <laughs> yes but the thing is that I have found because I've over the last few years this has obviously turned into my passion and my work and over four thousand women have gone through my programs and I've heard this over and over and over and over again that we hold out hope for a moment in the future where everything will go back to the way it's, it was. It's like, <laughs> yes. asking, it's like asking a 14-year-old to just hang on because don't worry, on the other side you'll go back to who you used to be. No, no. The most powerful thing about matrescence is to allow a woman to understand that she has changed forever. So, and what are we going to do about that? Instead of telling her, once your baby sleeps, it'll all be okay. Mm. No, this is a core thing we have to work through because you will never be the same. So, I mean, if we translate that back to adolescence, because I think it's the best comparison. I know for me, 
and I'm, I'm very passionate now, if you see anything I'm talking about, it's about the organic conversation from the minute children start to ask the question, you know, don't pretend that it's not going to happen. Don't pretend or sugarcoat it. And, and, and I get in so many mixed it views about this. Really? Some parent, yes. If you go back, I've, I speak about it all the time, people, or oh, about the, the period um, oh, yeah, movement that's an and people one. saying, um, you know, I, my children need, will not find this information out until I think that they're ready to know that. And to me, it's such a disservice to children to not have the conversation when they're asking. Of course, you're not giving them full-blown details, but it's just this organic continual discussion so that when it happens, it doesn't feel like they're hit by a freight train. And I wonder, and and I love this because can we start to do that now? You know, if we're talking about these things now for women who are in their 20s, to know that this is another phase or another stage of our lives, it, it doesn't have to be this unknown, you know, almost like this, this dark hole that we enter because That's we right. can be prepared for it as well. Also, what about for your partners? Mm. I mean, if your partner knows that after you have this baby, you're, nev- you're not going to be that party girl from, you know, a couple of months ago and your focus is go- going to be not on making sure he's got all his socks in his sock drawer, it's going to be on the baby and mm. he's going to have to deal with the fact that that completely changes and it will always change because I think that can be a big issue as well. It's not just about the woman going through the transition but the people around her supporting and accepting that change as well. Mm. Mm. That's right. And what I've discovered in the research that I've been doing through Columbia University on this since is that when we don't have a term for it, when we don't understand what this is that we're going through, we self-silence, we go inside. If there's no conversation being had in prenatal classes or in mother and baby classes or, you know, even at the school gates, then women will self-silence thinking it is their fault and they're the only ones that are secretly not loving motherhood. Mm. Because here's the thing that I, I, this was such, this was as big an aha moment for me as it was when I heard the word matrescence, that when we become a mother, we have this inner split. We become two. In one part, we are who we used to be, you know, with our goals and our ambition and our dreams of spontaneity and travel and freedom and all the dreams that we had. And yet, at exactly the same time, we become this whole new identity, which is the mother. And the mother wants to give all of that up and just stay at home and make sure that her baby's okay. And our struggles is how do we make sense of those two deep inner splits? I want to do this, but then I can't. I I want to stay at home, but I don't want to give up on my dreams. And unless we talk about that, what happens is women just try and be superwoman, superwomen. They just become this, well, the only way I'm going to do this is I'll just do everything. And so because we don't acknowledge that in a split, we don't acknowledge that her dreams are changing. We don't let her partners see this either. We all internalise it and we all just try and become perfect. And that is what's happening over and over and over again. Do you think also that it's it's more obvious than ever before because the way we're living our lives as mothers is because we now realise we can have our cake and eat it too almost, which we kind of can't, but you know what I mean. Um, And I wonder if that's contributing to this because, you know, if I look back at my mum's generation, she certainly wasn't um, 
you know, after having a baby, thinking about getting back to work and having to tick a lot of other boxes, she was very focused on being a mum. And that's a massive job. We know that. So, you know, I just, I wonder whether or not it's also so relevant to the time that we're living in as to why we're feeling this. We're feeling overextended anyway. And then add motherhood to the mix. (laughs) That's right. It's like what I said at the beginning. In my mind, I was just going to add babies on my hip and off I went still being the foreign correspondent. And I tried to chase that dream for a number of years and made myself very, very sick and unhappy. And so this is why this work is so much of a passion of mine is because I as I said, I have had thousands of women tell me how they are not the mums they want to be. They yell at their kids. They don't want to do all of these things and yet they don't know how to do it differently. And then when I tell them about matrescence and the inner split and that we have to start acknowledging what a woman goes through differently, they just cry because it's this realisation, oh, it's not me. You mean it's a thing? And that is what is so powerful about this word. Can I just say, everyone yells at their kids. Oh, exactly. (laughs) The idea that, I mean, I feel so bad every single time I raise my voice and I try and be calm, I try and be calm, and then I'm like, can you please put your shoes on? Should I ask 16 times already? And I think that is exactly what you just said. I am not the mum I want to be. I know, I am, like, I never yelled at anybody before I had kids, ever. Like, that's not me. I'm not a yeller, but now I am and and I feel bad about it all the time. But I think it's also because we have this thing where we have to be perfect. You know, we can't send our kids to school feeling like they've had a bad morning Mm. because then that's going to set them up for a bad day and what are the repercussions and all of that stuff. And that's layered upon, like you say, what you want to do with yourself and your identity and and all of the things. It's it's like your bucket is just about to just explode. Totally. There is more to discuss, but we do need to take a quick break. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back in just a second. We're here chatting with Amy Taylor Cabaz and really learning about this idea of matrescence. matrescence and how our lives change, yet we haven't really been talking about it or acknowledging it even. I don't think. I'm, I've never acknowledged it. I want to know, what are the most common things that you hear women say that they feel at this time? They feel like they've lost themselves. They feel mm. like uh, they're not doing a good enough job. They worry there's something wrong with them. There's often this um, shame about not loving it as much as they thought they would, especially when you wanted to become a mum. You know, women that I see that really struggle to become pregnant and go through rounds of IVF have this. Mm -hmm. This is a really, really big thing because they so wanted the identity of mother Mm. but didn't realise what it would do to their identity of uh, of themselves. Person. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You're still a person when you're a mother. This is true. <laughs> but Pete, some people don't actually see you as a person, do they? No, that's it. And so we, um, again, silence this within ourselves. And it is just this deep sense of not enough, not good enough, and if only I did better, tried harder, didn't yell, got up earlier, lost that weight, got some sleep, got some help. It's just this constant, if only I did this and this and this and this and this and then I'd maybe be a good mum, then maybe I'd do a good job. 
And that is such a lie. It is so toxic for us to keep going as women, chasing this definition of uh, superwoman, that if we could redefine motherhood, what it means to be a good mum, I truly think that matrescence is a gift. It is the chance for us to become new. We get this chance to look at what do I want to be as a mum? Not the perfect mum, but what is most important to me? So a clean floor is not what I want my children to remember. I want them to remember that I was there when they were playing on the floor. So you get a chance to redefine all of this properly and have conversations with your partner and have a conversation with your workplace and say, look, I, I, I can't do what I used to do. And so can we talk about how we rejig this role? The beautiful thing about matrescence is it rolls out to all of these things. How do we support a woman returning to work? How do we support her in her relationships? So that's how it kind of fits all in together. I was going to say that the idea of work is very interesting because no one would ever stand up and say, you know, mums, mums are this or mums are that when they're being employed. But the reality is if you are a mum and you are an employee, you probably never feel like you're giving 100% to either of those jobs because when you're at work, you're trying to concentrate on what you're doing, but you're, you know, you're getting phone calls from kinder saying your child's fallen over and bopped their head or, you know, you're thinking about who's going to eat what and how many meals you have to cook that night. And then when you're at home, you're thinking about the work you need to do once everyone's in bed to make sure that, so it's a really... Is it any wonder we yell? Is yeah. it any wonder oh, no, right? yell? I remember actually someone saying to me <laughs> recently, I just don't feel like you're giving this 100%. And I started laughing. I said, yep, you're pretty right there. You're never going to get 100% of me ever again. So not to say I'm not going to give it my best shot, but 100%, um, it, it's not, as a mum, it's not possible. But this is what happens. See, again, to come back to this beautiful word, matrescence, matrescence is this acknowledgement that you are not the same no matter what you're doing. You're not the same at work. You're not the same in your relationship. You're not the same in your friendships. You're not the same in your body, in anything anymore. And this idea that 12 months after maternity leave, a woman will work walk back into her workplace and sit down in the same chair and is expected to be the same person that she was 12 months ago is so toxic to her because she's trying to pretend she hasn't changed. It's also unrealistic. It is so unrealistic. And that's, I think, where we fall fall short or we can, you know, start to feel like we're drowning because it's Mm. not reality. Um, Mm. And and I think think just purely talking about it and acknowledging it is, you know, one of the the best things that we can be doing to help women understand this. And like I said, talk about it from the get-go, you know, talk about it because, you know, you've had a baby and then there's someone in the room that hasn't had a baby and you almost apologise for what they're about to hear. Yes. <laughs> you don't want to scare people, but I think acknowledging the reality that your life will change completely is a good thing. Hey, I, I quite like to have the discussion about generations that have gone before us when it comes to these kind of ideas. I mean, if you look at our grandmothers and the, what they lived through with wars and all the things that they were dealing with, I wonder if they had as much self-doubt, you know? Is it a modern phenomenon? I mean, you were talking about the research that was done in the 70s or is it just, this is just what it is? It isn't a modern phenomenon in the terms of how much motherhood changes you. This has been around, you know, since the 
conversations of the goddess time, this acknowledgement of the different cycles that a woman moves through in her life. I think we used to do it better in acknowledging what was happening to a woman, that she would have the, the community around her and talk to her about what motherhood means and how this would work. But I also think that her identity right from birth would have been, I will be a mother one day. And in fact, it was almost the struggles for the women who couldn't become a mother that actually had the hardest time because it was so assumed that this is what you would do. Mm. There's always been that transformation we go through. But what's happening now is that we tell young girls, you can go out and change the world. We actually don't yes. tell them right from birth, guess what you're going to do when you hit 32 or whatever. We actually tell them, I remember me, it was, how are you going to change the world, Amy? And then when I became a mum and, and I had that inner split of, I still want to change the world, but oh my gosh, <laughs> I just want to stay home and make sure that she's okay. That was why the identity shift of matrescence was so difficult for me because I was so attached to that other identity. So does that answer your question? I think it's our identity that is making this harder. Mm, no, totally. So what do we do? Do you think, you know, if you look at, um, it's might, it might have changed now because things do change quite quickly when it comes to making, not making babies, that, that changes a bit, not that much. Uh, <laughs> having pretty babies. Pretty, there's pretty much a standard road of... Uh, <laughs> well, no, not necessarily. Well, it's, you know, know that. Well, it's yeah. still like conception. It just takes an egg and a sperm. Just, just at the most fundamental level. Yes. No, no, I was talking about actually having the baby. I mean, I still laugh about the fact that I did one day at the hospital um, in the lead up to my son's birth and it was basically taking you through what to expect, you know, when you're in labour and so on. I had no idea about anything else to do with babies or motherhood apart from that one day. And I'd read a little bit about sleep. That was all. So I really went in totally blind. And so you think about this and you go, well, maybe it's a situation where councils, where they run like maternity health um, services, Maybe they need like a, a, a pre-birth day where they talk about these concepts with women so that they, they're not just thrown into this in the dark or something like that. I mean, how do we do it? I hope so. I hope mm. so. I am now trying to create this movement of conversation around this starting in Australia and hopefully, you know, it will spread like wildfire by the side of the football field, as you mentioned. My hope is that this is in prenatal classes, post-baby catch-up classes. This is in your uh, Pilates studio when you go and try and get your stomach muscles back together. This is in your GP office when you come in and say to your GP, I don't know what's wrong with me. I just feel really flat and overwhelmed and anxious. And they say, but you don't have postnatal depression. They then say, but it, it is this. I hope it's a conversation in all areas. But I, I think... It's really important for us to destigmatize this so that this has been around since the 70s. But even with my beautiful mentor, Dr. Athen, she's been talking about this for a number of years and it's still stuck in the academic journals. Mm. It's still not being translated down into the mums. So I think it's conversations like we're having. But if anyone's listening who's a postnatal yoga teacher, is a community support person for women, runs a mums and bubs class, whatever it is, 
let's just start using this word because all the research is there and the information is there. We now just need it to permeate. I think it's going to be a ground up change. Councils will get the classes when everybody's asking for them. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. workplaces will start talking about supporting women returning, to, returning from maternity leave when other people are starting to say, but hang on a second, we're not doing it right. So I do think it will start with us. I think that's really important too to a, for a workplace perspective because, again, it's about supporting but getting the best out of your staff. So, yeah. you know, starting, to, we don't do that though. And I know we look at, especially maternity leave as, you know, as an, I'm an employer, it's a burden. You know, it's something that it, it, it changes the dynamic. Then you know that this person's coming back and you know they're not going to be the same. You know their capacity is going to be different. Not necessarily in a bad way. I actually think mothers are amazing because they can multitask like never before. But I think that we need to switch that around as to how we can be supporting people in the workplace, not looking at it as a burden. Um, and by doing that, their productivity is going to be better. Their their ability to support others is going to be better. Like it just it makes so much sense for us to start to to you know bring this in. Um, and I hope I know that lots of lots of more corporate. Um, organizations, I guess they have this, you know, work-life balance sort of approach that they try and they try and support. But I, I do hope that this becomes more of a conversation even in the workplace. It's not a negative thing, that it just is, you know, it's just part of who we are and what we become. And when we can acknowledge that, it does take the, I think it takes the stigma away completely just by acknowledgement. There's another little concept I'd like to drop in right at the end here for you to think about with this as well. And that is more women will run into the maternal wall before they hit the glass ceiling. In other words, their opportunities, their promotions, their equal pay, all of the things that we keep saying women want, it is the maternal wall that will stop us because we will have to choose most likely that I can't take that promotion because I have to be at the school gates. I can't go on that trip overseas for that training because it's school holidays. More women will be blocked or stopped or choose not to follow through with that work career path because of motherhood way before they'll hit the glass ceiling of opportunities. And that is also something that we have to completely change by bringing in these conversations around the reality of being a mum that works. Or even if you're not working, you still experience the same transition. And here's the other thing, matrescence doesn't stop. Right. Oh, yeah, because that's right. It just keeps going. <laughs> I know. Because <laughs> then we transform again yes. when they become teenagers mm. and then we transform again as they leave home. In my course that I'm running at the moment teaching mamas about matrescence, I have a woman in there who's working with the empty nesters terrible word. We need a new term for that yes. too. But she wants to look at what happens with matrescence when the children finally leave because then your identity changes again. Can we call them what spare rumours? Spare rumours. I like that. Yeah. Freedom fighters, I think. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. One more thing to bookend the, uh, the chat. So we started, I was at the trampolining centre when I met that woman. <laughs> Last week, I went back to the trampolining centre. She wasn't there. You were hoping to find her? Uh, no, it was so weird. Like, you know when a stranger just comes into your life, says something and leaves, and you're like, oh, wow. It's like the universe just plopped you there, told Thanks me something, that. and yeah. then, yeah. Thanks, anyway. friend. No, I haven't seen her since. But I'd promised my daughter, who's six, that um, this week I would go and jump on the trampolines with her. I was mildly concerned about prolapse, <laughs> but I was all right. Um but because she, the week before she'd hurt herself and said, oh, I don't want to do it. I said, well, how about next week we just go and jump together? And she's like, okay. 
I was mildly worried about, yes, prolapse, but also just going on a trampoline at my age. But do you know what? You're not 84. No, I know. <laughs> but I did, I did do a really good Funniest Home Videos moment where I slid into the, the ball pit. But anyway, that's another, question. <laughs> that's another story. But what I did is I actually did some flips and I was going crazy and I thought, oh, my God, my body has moved on. It's taken nearly seven years, but there is no way in the last seven years I could have gone and and done what I did on those trampolines and been able to walk the next day. And I just thought, that's a stage. I have totally... Or leave bounce dry. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't wee on the trampolines, I promise you. I didn't. I'm just thinking about how bad my pelvic floor is. That's all. But but I love that story because it acknowledges the length of time it takes for us to to find ourselves again, even the even the confidence to bounce. You know, we lose all of that in the process of our massive transformation. Physically, yes, of course, pelvic floor and everything, but all of it. And then you do find yourself again. You find your body, you find your confidence, you find your um, spontaneity, joy, fun, passion, all of it does come back, but it comes back in a different way. But we have to um, really be more honest about that, about how long it will take and that when it comes back, it will be better than ever before. You'll be an amazing, strong woman who you will be marvelled. You will marvel at what you went through. You will marvel at how strong you were with those babies and what you went through and all of that. So this is a gift. It's a becoming of someone phenomenal, but it can't be rushed. You need a ton of support and it's not your fault. It's not something you're doing wrong. It's natural and beautiful and a part of this amazing process. We love this. More talking about it. So we invite everybody to join the conversation wherever, the bus stop. Bounce, yes, please. Wherever you might be, <laughs> trampolining centre, and and just help spread this message because I think that's definitely how we change the landscape and help help women to just live happier and healthier. Like this is what it's mm. about, isn't mm. it? Absolutely. Yeah. And I must say, since I had that conversation, everyone I spoke to had not heard of it. Right. You I know. hadn't. I was like, what are you yeah, talking Yeah, I know. About? That's you even told Amy we we're talking about something else. I was like, oh, I know. I told, <laughs> gosh, lady, what are you doing? No, I didn't actually. I was having a deluded moment. Amy, you've got to let everybody know where they can access you and your amazing work. Yes. So I should actually mention, I haven't got this in my head yet, but I should mention that my next book is coming out at the end of the year and it is all about matrescence. It is exactly this. It's called Mama Rising, but my website is happymama.com.au. And on social media, it's Happy Mama with Amy. I have a podcast interviewing women about matrescence every week. So if it resonates, that's where you can get more information. So great. Well, thank you for taking the time to chat with us today. We've thoroughly enjoyed it. Yes, so good to meet you. And, you know, thanks for making us feel normal. Or, I don't know. You know, like... (laughs) Absolutely. Maybe not so crazy. Absolutely. But, um, no, it's been wonderful. So thank you for being available to be part of our Wellness Collective today. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you. All right, before we go... Mm-hmm. You know what I'm going to do. Go on. I have to say, there's a lot of ratings on here. I'm, I'm very impressed by our audience. Thank you. I know, but I have to also say, for the amount of downloads that we know that we get... It's not actually that no, many reviews. So people just <laughs> click the stars. It's not that it's hard. Like, you get to the end, just press those stars. We like five, and if you're thinking about putting one there, just don't worry about it. Just move on. <laughs> Go um, make a cup of tea. Forget about it. <laughs> All right, we do have an, another new review I'd like to read out. Um, it says... 
the title is Essential for Every Woman. Wow, absolutely. I have loved listening to this podcast. Topics discussed are valuable for every woman. This podcast has gradually shifted my opinion on medications like the pill, and I'm grateful for these newfound insights. Thank you. That's Camille on iTunes. Thank you, Camille. Yes. Well, amazing. But please do leave us a a review. Tell us which episode you love. And don't forget that if you're out and about and you're walking or you're on the bus or wherever you are, Mm -hmm. take a picture and tag us. Yes. Show us where you are. Show us where you're listening to us and we might just share it. Collective The Wellness. On Instagram, yeah, because I stuffed mm, up. You did, but that's okay. <laughs> Not to worry. No, I think the Wellness Collective was taken. So anyway, well, thank you everyone for, for listening today. We hope that this podcast has left you feeling happier, healthier and better. Healthier.